Kaiju FM. Come find your niche. Welcome to By the Mash Tun, a podcast by a couple of nerds where we brew some beer, drink some beer, and have a nice little chat about some beer. I'm Mike Harrison Wood. I'm Carl Noble. How you doing, Cal? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. I'm, I'm excited to see you brewing for the first time in a long time. It's, it has been a long time since I've brewed, actually. Um, I was thinking back, I think the last thing I probably did was the table beer. Oof, that was before lockdown, wasn't it? It was. Well, Ooh. it was just before lockdown, I think. Um, and yeah, so it, it's been nice to get like mm. the old kit kind of started up. Um, I had a bit of a chance to do uh, some deep cleaning on the kit. And, you know, I think I definitely needed it because yeah, yeah. there's definitely points where I'm just like, oh, do I scrub the kettle? that'll <laughs> ah, be all right it'll be sanitized uh, it's yeah it gets spoiled anyway it's yeah. fine uh but i mean you know i treat my tea mugs pretty much the same sort <laughs> of way and every so often they do need they do need a bit oh, of a key. you don't let that brown layer just get thicker and thicker and thicker um i mean i do for a while um <laughs> but i uh, what i've done what i've started doing uh over the last couple of years is not using white mugs Oh, there you because go. then it becomes very obvious. Uh, I used to have a really big white mug that I did it to for quite a while, and it used to gross people out. And what I always <laughs> wanted to do was find uh, somebody with a kiln so that I could reglaze whilst it was filthy. <laughs> no matter how hard, they yeah, because because then people get it and they're like, "I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. teach them," and they and they go scrubbing it, and it doesn't matter what they do, they cannot get nice. through that layer of glaze. Do you, do you think there's a niche there for the market, like you know those pre pre filthy cups, jeans and stuff? Yeah, yeah so pre- you want filthy... pre stained tea mugs? I mean, I think there is because I've got there co- must be. I've got coffee mugs, and part of their glaze um, is like this like brown ring around all the rim, and that's that's part of the glaze. So it's like oh, lovely. Uh, so none of your kit was any as bad as that, I hope. No, Christ, no, no, no. Because no, the thing is, I, I always, um, I always clean once I'm finished. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I always give everything like a rinse down, um, and you know, I sanitize what needs to be sanitized uh, beforehand. So you know, fortunately, it's it, it's it's all in pretty good working order. But I just thought, you know, let's mm. let's have a look. I unscrewed um, the pump. Uh, and cleaned out inside the pump. Um, That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to be honest, actually really good. Mm. Like, well, if re- you've cleaned it properly first time. Well, that's it. Like, like, I always run like clean water, hot and cold clean water through it uh, mm. every time I finish. Um, so nothing has a chance to really stick. But yeah, it was quite interesting opening that up and having a little play. Nice. And um, uh, that's a good lesson to anyone out there. Just it's it's always worth doing a, a pretty thorough clean after every brew because yes. you don't know how long it's going to be until you next. No, and one. like if you don't clean it properly, um, as we know, wort incredibly sugary and mm. really good uh, medium for growing yeast and bacteria. Yeah. So if you don't if you don't clean it properly. <laughs> Just ends up quite furry and horrible when you yeah. come to use it again. Yeah, I've definitely had some furry elements. Yeah, before uh, yeah. before a brew. Well, I say, I mean, it, the thing is, it happens because I mean, I keep my keep a lot of my equipment in the airing cupboard because mm. that's a space. But airing cupboard cupboard really nice and warm. It's a lot like a fermentation fridge. It's a really good place for growing yeast and bacteria. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that's a good, a good on lesson. that note. Yeah. 
What are we brewing today? Um, one of my favourite types of beer for this time of year mm. is a plum porter. Ah. I absolutely love uh, drinking something dark, malty and fruity at this time of year. Just just as the weather's starting to get a bit colder and the, uh, mm. you know, the leaves are starting to change and it's starting to get really quite autumnal, mm. that's when I'm like, right, okay, it's not quite time for a big heavy stout. It's time for something, that nice transition beer, that, that good go-between mm. where you've still got that fruitiness from, like, you know, your New England IPAs and stuff like that. So you've still got that. But the fruits are getting darker just as the nights are getting darker. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you've also starting to bring in a bit more of that roast. Not the solid, sort of, like, super dark roast of a stout, but that sort of, like, subtle caramelly, biscuity sort mm. of... Um, much more malt. Yeah, than exactly. What people think of when they say the word malt. Yeah, as, a, as opposed to like your, your coffee um, mm. notes or your sort of like dark chocolate notes. Um, so yeah, that's that's what we're doing. Uh, we are doing, well, it's a fruit porter. Uh, so the idea with this one is it's going to be plum and cherry. Because mm. it's, the, it's well, late summer is definitely, late summer into early autumn is, is the season for a lot of those yes. types of fruits yeah, yeah. that match really well with that big malt flavor yeah like, so like, like, like your forest and, fruits yeah forest fruits lovely yeah lovely no, like uh, and and the like plums are possibly one of my favorite fruits for this time of year oh wow like i absolutely love them like a nice a nice sweet plum because mm. um where i lived up in newcastle where we had a plum tree in the garden which i planted um and yeah like getting the plums off that was always Always really nice. Mm. Interesting thing, though, with uh, plum trees. Um, I didn't know this, but apparently whenever you... If you buy a plum tree from the garden centre, it's grafted on to a different root ball. Oh. So it won't be a plum tree. Well, well the tree itself is, but the root ball isn't. The, right. the, the, the root ball is from something else, so... But not a plum. But, but not a plum tree. But what you end up with is a plum tree, but it is grafted on to the root ball of a different type of tree. Interesting. So it might be like apple or something. Or yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't remember exactly like, 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 like what. So sometimes you can end up with fruit trees that just don't fruit hmm. because they've got the wrong root ball, but most of the time they do. And that's why you normally see they've got a little knot at the bottom where they've, where they've kind of grown together. It's quite interesting, I thought. Nice, when I, when nice. I thought like my dad told me that and I was like, why don't they just leave the normal <laughs> roots on it? Then, I think it's because they're just not quite good enough. Yeah, there must be some sort of limitation with growing plums from scratch. I, th- I, 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 I think so, but I mean, where, where did they get the rest of the tree from? I don't know. Madness, mate. Madness. Yeah. But if yeah, anybody knows, let that, us know because nice it's great. Of, nice little bit of plum. A <laughs> little bit of plum knowledge. Knowledge. Yeah. yeah. Lovely. So you you are including plums and cherries. It's well, a classic mix. Um, I've so. Uh, I've made a plum porter uh, a long time ago. Like when I very first started brewing, uh, it was getting around to this sort of time of year, and I'm like, right, I want a plum porter. <laughs> so um, I'm going to make one. So I'm going to make one. Nice. So bashed together a recipe for a porter, kind of whiffed it a bit, wasn't quite exactly what I wanted. Um, and then I went down the fruit market and I bought like five kilograms of plums. Don't know if you've ever tried stoning five no. kilograms of plums. That will take a while. That was a chore. I fancy revisiting that as an experience. Um, so I did that and then chucked them in to secondary fermentation. Okay. Can you guess what the problem there is? Big, 
fizzy everything going everywhere well exploding? yeah it didn't it didn't quite explode okay but it ended up a lot sourer than i wanted it to right um you didn't whether, sanitize them in any way well i mean it was a, it was a long time ago so i'm thinking back and i'm trying to think i might have bought like kind of quickly boiled them but i might not have I'm you not might have just t- chucked him in. Yeah, but also the types of plums that they were, they might not have been sweet enough to give it that. Sweet. So it still right. ended up with a plum porter, but what I ended up with was essentially a dark plum sour, which was fine. Yeah, that could be nice. That- it was perfectly fine, but it wasn't what I wanted. It wasn't like, even though I came out with a, with a beer that was acceptable, it wasn't mm. quite right, which in my eyes is still a failure because it's like, it's not what I set out to do. Yeah. Um, so this time, to save myself the the ball ache of stoning five uh, kilograms of plums, uh, I'm taking a leaf out of the books of all the big breweries. I'm just using essence. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just that's the route I'm going down. So um, I've uh, picked up a couple of essences. I've picked up a cherry one and a blueberry one. Uh, and I blueberry. Will be- not blueberry, sorry, plum. Um, <laughs> and I will be adding them. Uh, the reason I was thinking blueberry is because um, a lot of these essences are what are used for uh, making uh, cakes and muffins. Uh, I mm. thought muffin, I thought blueberry muffin immediately. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, like these extracts are added um, after fermentation. And yeah. you can just add them to taste. That's one of the great things about them. It's it's kind of like using the hop oils and stuff like that. You can kind of just add them to taste. Because mm. there, there are multiple ways of adding fruit flavors to yeah. beer. Um, so and, and sanitation is often one of the key problems that yeah. you, you will see. So you can add the fruit straight into the boil. That's what some yep. people do. You can um, boil like if you've got some cooking skills as well and the space to do it, you can make your own puree. So sort of smash it all up and boil it down and, until it's like a really thick paste. And then the process of doing that will sanitize it. So you yep. can add that in the, the, uh, post-fermentation. The, the, like I, did, I did contemplate doing that. But again, it was that, oh, can I really be bothered to actually stone that, that many do that plums? All again. Uh, and it's also sourcing sweet plums um because you get a lot of plums that are a little bit sour but then you also um normally when you're making the puree you're adding sugar yeah which can which which means that as soon as you pop that into the beer you have to account for that um affecting your gravity too much and 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 i just i wanted something that would be reasonably easy to control Mm. i can can use the recipe to control uh the abv and then um add the flavor from there and i mean i'm i'm fairly certain i don't know 100 percent uh but i'm fairly certain at least one of the beers that we're trying today they use um a concentrate uh to get their plum flavor so it's not Um, like uh, chemically derived no something that tastes like plum but isn't quite plum. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, it is quite a common practice is to use concentrates and extracts mm-hmm. um, and various things like that to get a lot of different flavours, just from a cost perspective as well. Um, yeah. And a guarantee of control. Yeah, that, that sort of seasonal uh, precision. Yeah. Because seasons, uh, fruits can be different intensities, different sweetnesses, as you say, different sourness. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas the, there is a lot more control and you can be more controlled over your dosing and yeah it's just, yeah you get a taste in exa- exactly how you want yeah. it there, there are pros and cons to to all approaches and um yeah none of them are really bad it's just it just, it just depends kind of it. how far you want to go and what and what you want to achieve at the end yeah of it. yeah 
Um, so I'll quickly run you through the the base recipe that I have. Okay, okay. Um, so base malt Marisota. Yeah, you know, like that. obviously porter being quite a traditional uh, English beer. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, we're going pretty traditional with the with the grain bill. Uh, we've got some carrot aroma. Yeah, uh, we've got some chocolate malt mm-hmm. and some flaked oats. Flaked oats just for, for mouthfeel yep. and yep. Yeah, standard, yeah, just, standard in sort of stouts and porters. Yeah, uh, and exactly. Just, just just to give it a little bit of body and just to give it a decent mouthfeel. Um, and yeah, like that's that's my grain bill. Yeah, like nice. You know, I want I'm, I'm, like from the chocolate malt. I'm, that's what's giving me the sort of like color that I'm after. Um, so I'm after sort of like a dark ruby red. Mm. Um, as opposed to like your your slightly more um, blacker end of the blacker end of the porters, I'm leaning a bit more to the a bit more to the rosier side. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the caramel that'll give me the sort of like caramel and slightly nutty flavour that I'm after. Yeah. Um, yeah. Keep some of the sort of non-fermentable sugars in there. Yeah, to keep exactly. It sweet. Um, and then obviously marisotta just to give it that good maris otter multi <laughs> yeah. character isn't it yeah yeah i mean it's it's a classic in most english recipes yeah. um yeah it's it's got all that it's a good base easy, malt. easy base malt but yeah. with just a little bit more complexity than than with your sort of standard pale malts yeah so. um hops wise uh we've got admiral going in right at the start yep uh, so bittering. so so this is going to come out at uh, the slightly higher end of ibus for your standard ports this is coming out at about 30 to 31 okay ibus but that's still not low it, it's not that's super still not high, it's it's definitely not super hoppy but it is the hoppier end of a porter mm, but then i can see why you'd want to keep that high to balance some of the sweetness that you're going to be adding from the from, fruit flavors. Yes, exactly. Um, and then there is Bramling Cross yep. at Flame Out. Oh, interesting. So, so, so some of that sort of black, uh, blackberry sort yeah, of yeah, exactly. In. Like, like, like just to try and accentuate that sort of like dark autumn fruits. Mm. Um, you know, and yeah. So I'm it's hoping going to be autumnal. It, it is going to be autumnal. Um, and then I'm using um a British ale yeast mm-hmm. from uh, Omega. Uh, nice, it's nice. the OYL006, uh, okay. I believe. Um, so, you know, it's slightly estery, uh, but ferments pretty clean. Um, and yeah, so that's that's going to be pretty good. And then um, after fermentation, I have two different extracts. Mm-hmm. I've got um, the Mangrove Jack's um, Natural Flavor Boost, the cherry Ooh. one. Is, is, that's one of the ones you can get through the malt miller. That is one of the ones. So, so um, the the whole recipe is available from uh, our partners at the maltmiller.co.uk. Um, the mangrove jacks one is part of the order. So, if you want to, you can just type in "buy the mash done." You'll find all of the recipes um, and just look for fruit porter, and then you can you can buy the recipe pack. And as part of it uh, comes the amount of uh cherry that you will require for 23 liters yeah i'm, I'm reading the label now so you basically you don't have the whole to, bottle yeah you don't There's have no to measure it just like 23 liters you drop it in or i think on the back of the bottle it does tell you dosage per uh if you want to do it per bottle if you do like yeah. a 500 mil bottle it tells you the dosage which i think is 1.5 mil so yeah you just get yeah. a little pipette or something like that which is good if you if you if you've got a batch of standard porter and you just want to try it out on yeah on, Sort of, yeah, I'll so I, 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 I put a little bit of that in a pint of water earlier, and like it's subtle. It is, it's there, but it mm. is subtle. Um, 
one of the things I couldn't find on Malt Miller was a plum flavouring, whether that was just because it was sold out um, or potentially Mangrove Jacks don't do something like that or Malt Miller don't stock it. So I just went on to um, Amazon and I picked up um, a natural flavouring of uh, plum essence. Um, And this one is, I think, slightly stronger um so that'll it, it tells you on the back dosage uh but the idea is that it is for um food or drinks uh, okay so, uh, so 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 it is it is designed um and when you look at the reviews and you talk to the company and stuff like that uh they do say for beer um and various things like that so nice nice um, and you can always do the pint glass test as well to exactly see how they to, balance with each other yeah um and yeah so I, I am quite looking forward to seeing that and what i like about it is you can you can make the flavoring as strong or as weak as you want mm. um after the fact you know you've just rack it off to secondary so that you've got it off the um off the, the yeast cake at the bottom and like then you can put your drops in give it a stir have a taste if you don't like it, it's much like what, what I did with the tincture um, mm. for the uh, uh, for, for the lime goza, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, just just keep trying it till you're happy. Yeah, good idea. You know, um, I will I will say what dosages I have done once I've done them. Uh, but my intention is just to put the whole bottle of the mangrove jacks in, um, and then you know just do the plum one to taste. Yeah, yeah, matching uh, matching the plum to the cherry, not the yes, other way around. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, um, so yeah, that that'll be uh, that'll be the interesting bit. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, curious as well because uh, obviously beers have such a big variety of flavor as well. So um, it it does seem unusual having a bottle that is just upend a bottle in a whole batch. Because yes. you know, is it? You know, is it a three percent sour beer or is it a, a robust six percent porter? Because you're going to potentially need more. Yes, exactly. But I mean, I, I think because um, obviously, ma- like Mangrove Jacks do a lot of kits mm. um, where they kind of, you know, they have these flavor essences um, and things as part of their kits. So I think maybe it's aimed at more of a um, if you're doing a kit brew. That is yeah, pretty much yeah, what yeah. you need. Um, but again, I mean, that is another one where it is do it to taste. Mm. You know, like I probably will go for the whole bottle first time round. Um, you know, if this time next year I'm like, okay, well, that didn't quite work. It was too cherry. It wasn't cherry enough. Then, you know, maybe change it. But, you know, at least I'm going with a known quantity here. Mm. And uh, yeah, I'm just having a little sniff of it as well. Now, mm. so. How's it? How's yeah, it smell? It's good. It's it's really sweet cherry. Um, yes. It, so there is there's a weird flavour that is in almonds and cherries that some people can pick up. It's like uh, one of the weird genetic flavour things. Yeah. That's cyanide. Yeah, yeah. And um, so some cherry flavours. Oh, because cyanide is in the cherry pit. Yes. Yeah. Same with almonds. Yeah. So some uh, cherry flavoured things have that cyanide flavor in yeah. and so as someone who can taste that very strongly i sometimes find cherry things very unpleasant well i mean but sometimes not and this, no this smells don't, like it's the sweet one don't this, try cyanide uh, yeah don't i think don't you'll hate it yeah it's also in um apple pips as well yeah if yeah, yeah if you chomp if, if you're one if of you those people that, apple. <laughs> that eats the apple hole then uh it just it's easy to throw <laughs> something away doesn't it yeah i've just done it i've like done the, it myself. like the little stick just just yeah, even yeah, the little yeah. stick 
but that, it's a toothpick afterwards that apple seed flavor yeah um you can it's, get it, some... it, it's got that almondy taste which yeah. is the yeah, same yeah. the same sort of thing because apparently cyanide has an almondy taste exactly and it will it, it's so it is in some but not all cherry oh, flavorings yes. yeah so watch out if you're if you are sensitive to that and you're using anything other than the mangrove jacks, because uh, this doesn't smell like it's got anything. No, well, I mean, it's, it's something we can do uh, when we're doing our beer tasting is I'll put a, I'll get a pint of water and I'll put a drop of each in. Oh, nice, nice. So you can have a little taste of what a drop of each and a pint of water is like, because mm. that because that way you can, you can actually try it. You can get your measurements right using a clean base of water. And go, okay, well, that's how strong it is yeah, tasting yeah, yeah. water. What's it going to be like in beer? Yeah, in our delicious Reading clean water. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, that sounds like a really interesting recipe. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's really simple, but, you know, I do, I, I think a lot of things are just overcomplicated sometimes. And, mm. um, you know, with this, I, I, I want that, I want that slightly malty, fruity flavor mm. going on. And, I think the recipe is going to provide that. So yeah, yeah, and you know, it, it is the season now where it's, it's time to sit around a fire and have yeah. a nice dark beer. Yeah, exactly. it'll be perfect. It'll be ready in you know two weeks. Put it on the keg, give it another week, ready to go. Lovely, ready Lovely. to go. Right. Um, before we have any more beers, I think it's time for a little beer ye beer ye. It's time for the beer newses. Newses is yeah, it? Yeah, there's a couple of couple of little bits. Yeah, I mean, I, I've. A lot of our beer users seem to be quite sad at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and this 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 is a sad one again. Um, so apparently um, Cholton were due to open up their new brewery um, and they've decided to push back the launch. They've, pro- mm. they've, they've decided that uh, given what's happening in the UK at the moment uh, with like, you know, pubs closing um and transport being a lot lot more difficult they've decided to push back their reopening uh to an undetermined time um they didn't say anything i mean it was yeah, ju- it, it yeah. was just it was a tweet that went out uh that i read i haven't looked too far into it i haven't contacted them for any more information but the information seemed pretty concise they're pushing back their reopening yeah. and it's a story here with many many it's breweries all over the around place. the country yeah. there's such a hit made to the beer to the pub industry yeah especially uh with especially with the 10 p.m the ridiculous 10 p.m curfews that are yep. on at the moment which we'll we'll get into a bit more on the second story but it's it's any brewery that doesn't have a large uh amount of business in small pack yeah so it's like bottles and cans yeah, yeah. anyone who is more than anything reliant on kegs and casks is just but doing, in, having a really in, yeah, bad time in so much trouble like, yeah. i mean and all like, the pubs and, and clubs and bars and everything they're then they're, they're really not doing well yeah at the i mean like, at least during like the first the first lockdown there was like the furlough scheme and there was grants mm. and you know like a lot of people were starting to buy from these smaller breweries because they were, you know, spent a lot of time, a lot of effort getting into sort of like home delivery um, and stuff like that. But obviously now that pubs are back open, furlough schemes have disappeared or are at least winding down. They're a lot harder to get. There's no more grants kicking about. Mm. And yeah, like I mean, you know, potentially this this could be the worst time. Yeah. It's, it's, even, it's... even though we thought that about 
you know, the summer. Times, yeah, yeah. Going, oh, is... God, like, how, how are pubs ever going to survive if they're not open? It's like, how are they going to survive if they have to open but can't open for, yeah. you know, very long? Open but at a loss rather than... Yeah. Yeah, nah. It's not great. Uh, the the one potential bit of silver lining on that is um, with the ridiculousness of the 10 p.m. curfew, uh, the owners of uh, Club GAY, uh, yep. a, a chain of nightclubs in London, uh, have actually uh, launched a legal uh, campaign against the Home Office. Uh, right, just, okay. just basically demanding what evidence they have for the 10 p.m. curfew and why it would be a good thing. Because as, And how it's, how it's supposed to help. Yeah, that like every single bit that i've seen so far seems to suggest that they are just using pubs as a scapegoat yeah in order to distract from not having to close down schools not having to stop international travel lots yeah lots of things that they could also do as well but they're instead choosing to pick on bars yeah well that, i mean that, like it, as, as, soon, as soon as i kind of heard that bit like going oh well you know we're, we're gonna implement a 10 p.m curfew it's like what? Because COVID's nocturnal. Like yeah. it, it doesn't just come out at night. Like that's and it pushes people out onto the street at ten p.m. Of course it does. Yeah, and it, you know it's. I don't know. It. I, I'm. I'm not a virologist. I, you know. I, I. I don't. I don't know enough about. No, but they've COVID. not published any evidence. But, but that's it. Like, and way, it so. does just seem that pubs and uh, the hospitality industry in general is just getting targeted and shafted, basically. Yeah. Um. Which is just mean. It's not good. Yeah, there will be huge swathes of multiple industries uh, on the rocks for a yeah. very long time. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, that was that was depressing. Should, should we have a beer? Yeah. Right. So what we got here? The mic. Water. Oh. That you, but Delicious we, water. We said we were going for beer. What's happened? Yes, but we've gone for flavored water. Instead. Right. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, that was a bit of a ruse there, wasn't it? Because I knew exactly what this was. Um, nice so, yeah, breaking. What, what, what I've done is I went and got a pint of uh, Reading water and I put a drop of uh, plum extract and a drop of the cherry extract into just plain water. Uh, Mike's having a try. And what you got, Mike? Does it taste like water with fruit flavours in it? Yes. Cool. Yeah. It's definitely, um, it's plum on the nose, it's cherry on the tongue, and then the aftertaste is both. Yeah, so I, th- I, th- I think I put in a little bit more cherry than I did um, the plum. Yeah. So I, I think the It's almost is... like a bubblegum. Yeah. Well, I mean, bubblegum's loads of flavours, isn't the it? Bubblegum is loads of flavours. Raspberry and, and cherry blue. and... And sometimes raspberry's blue. Yeah. When exactly. you're looking at flavourings. As... Which is weird because it's red. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah. They can't, but they can't have it red because strawberry's red. Yeah, but yeah, they could have it. They could have it pink though, couldn't Strawberry's they? Strawberry sometimes green. No, no, no not when it's not when no. It's ready, is like it? think yeah. about a slushy, slush puppy. Yeah, slush puppy. You get a blue one. No, I mean in the re- real fruit. Oh, right in the real fruit land. Yeah. yeah. Should, should we? Should we try some? <laughs> should we try some beer then? This is really nice water. <laughs> We're going to keep going. Yeah, no, no. You drink away. Um, I'll I'll grab this beer can. Yeah. Um, so the first beer we're trying is uh, from Weird Beard, and it is their beer called Dead by Dawn. So, you mm. know, perfectly fitting for this time of year, you know, coming up to Halloween. Yeah. Uh, it is a cherry breakfast stout. So it's going to be on the slightly more sort of like roasty side. Yeah. Uh, so it's not so it's not your porter, but, you know, I thought, well, why not, eh? It's got cherry in it. 
the word uh, breakfast suggests there's going to be coffee as well. Exactly. Uh, it's 5.6%. Uh, and there is a load mm. of words um, basically just telling you what the content is, which is good. Fair enough. But, uh, I mean, they, don't, they haven't really given... I, th- I was expecting a bit of a horror story on the back. Hmm. Oh, well. Uh, the uh, carbonation's fairly low as well. Is but, it? Uh, yeah. Uh, is that where you're going as the horror story? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's all right. Yeah, but I poured you. I I knew how mine looked, so I poured yours from much higher. Oh, thanks. So, yeah. <laughs> how's it? How's how's it smelling? Cherry. It is a little unusual, yeah, because the, the coffee and cherry isn't a flavour mix, mix. Um, that you see a lot. But it's it's not necessarily unpleasant. It's th- and they are both there, which is good. I yeah. mean, that's that's it. That's full points for that. It's making me think that it's going to be slightly sourer than. I'm expecting from a breakfast stout. Interesting. Why? Just, just, just. I think just the combination of the the coffee and the cherry together um, is making me go, "Ooh, that that, mm. that might be a little bit tangy cherry as opposed to as opposed to the sweet cherry." How is it? Hmm. Interesting. Good. Yeah. Do, do you want to tell us why it's interesting? Okay, so there is a bit of coffee there. It's not. It's not big. Big. Big coffee the the cherries there but there's also quite a quite a strong hit of malt and and that sort of just standard stouty porter flavors are, are there more than i was expecting chocolatey as well yeah that the, the the darker chocolate roasty malt it's like to me it's almost like um you know like a cherry liqueur mm. the chocolate cherry liqueurs you get yeah that's it, it's or kind black of foresty sort yeah of. yeah so like it, i think the i think the dark roast really brings out that sort of like Black Forest Gatto mm. sort of um, flavour. It's not like the full creamy chocolate, um, but imagine like, I don't know, like a Black Forest frosting on a coffee cake. <laughs> yeah. That's basically what you've got here, I think, but not not as sweet. It doesn't no. have that sort of like... It's not sugary, it's not... It, yeah, like, I think if they'd made this a milk stout, that's mm. exactly what you'd be getting, but they haven't. Like, So it's it actually tastes quite, like, quite clean. Yeah. Even that's... though it's hanging around. The because the coffiness presumably adds a bitterness to the finish as yeah. well, and and the cherry flavor. I don't know how exactly they've got the cherry flavor in, but it's it's as you say, it's not super sweet. So no, nothing really sticks like uh, a flavor sticks around, but the the beer itself that that sort of sticky viscous yeah. sweetness that you sometimes get with the heavier dark beers just it's not it, there. It's not there. No, no. It's, it, like, it's, it's clean, but like like the, the the lingering flavor that I'm getting is that sort of like. Black Forest Gatto. It, mm. it is that sort of like chocolate cake with fruit, which is really nice. Yeah, that's for a. I can't decide whether it's a sipper or a or a gulper. Like it's, I don't it's, know. It's, it's I mean, both. And it's like, neither. Like five point six percent. I think if you were gulping that all night, you would be dead by dawn. True. <laughs> yeah, using the yeah, the beer. Yeah, using using the beer, and, and I love. I love the uh, the artwork. Yeah, that because is it, it's cool. they, they're using a very similar font from uh, like Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, um, and the Dead by Dawn is from the Evil Dead. Ah, have you seen Have you seen Evil Dead? No, the, the, the Sam Raimi film. The did Evil Dead One. Oh Evil Dead yeah, Two, no, Evil I've Dead seen Army them. of Darkness. Yeah, yeah, uh, and the 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 evil in that goes Dead by Dawn, Dead by Dawn. Ah. Yeah. I, I saw it years ago. So I love all those films. Yeah, they're all really good. I think I, the second one's my favorite, though. I I might have done that thing where you you start watching a film and then when asleep. you're when you're somewhat drunk, 
and by the end of the film, you can't remember. And you were very anything. drunk. Yeah. Should have been drinking this. Yeah. If only, if it, if oh, only it was a, out. Now, there's a thought. Film and beer pairings. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, like this, this is a perfect one. Like, get yourself a slab of this, right? Um, <laughs> and ev- start, yeah. start drinking. And then, then, then watch Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Evil Dead Army of Darkness. And then start with um, Dawn of the Dead, then Day of the Dead. Just go full zombie film. That's your Halloween. Like your classic zombie films. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Should we get another beer? Yeah, go on then. <laughs> so what we got here, the mic? So as well as water, we have... <laughs> uh, and and th- I, this is no exaggeration. This is many people's favourite beer of all time. It yeah. is Titanic. And you know what I'm going to be saying. Yeah. Plum Porter. Exactly. It, it's... In in my humble opinion, it is Titanic's best beer. It's probably and, one of their biggest sellers. Yeah, and when I think of Plum Porters, like the the, the first Plum Porter I have in a, in a, in a year is normally a Titanic Plum yeah. Porter. And like I see it on tap somewhere, and I'm like, yes, please. What yeah. like what one, please? Let's go and like <laughs> hurry up, come on. And, and 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 that that is potentially me for the rest of the night. Yeah. Um, I have seen once. On cask, uh, Titanic's Imperial Plum Porter. Ooh. It was six, I think it was six point seven percent. Okay, so wow, it was good. And presumably that's just a stronger version of this. But with, yes, uh, yeah, yeah, nice. This is only four point nine percent. Four point nine, perfectly acceptable. Yep. And I can uh, smell it from here. <laughs> yeah, it's down by my lap, it's and I'm just getting wafts of plum. Deliciously pungent. Uh, the, it does say that we should smell plum, raisin, and fruits. <laughs> They're not wrong. I'm getting it from my lap. Yeah. <laughs> and normally I can only smell my dinner from my lap. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is- it's yeah. On cask is amazing. Uh, I don't know if I've ever seen it on keg, but I've, I've definitely never, seen it I've never seen it on keg. I've only ever seen it on cask. And the thing is, on cask, it works perfectly like for me this is um sitting outside of a pub like in the cold wearing a jacket and like just just enjoying being outside in the autumn weather in in the change change of the weather like that's what this beer Mm. is to me i've just had a sip it's really nice yeah (laughs) it's really sweet really smooth really smooth um, the plum flavour is definitely present. It's not. It's not a subtle thing that they've tried to balance the malt with the plums. It's just. I, big I mean, plum. you're calling something a plum porter. That, yeah, fair enough. You've you've got an end game, haven't you? Yeah. Realistically, you've got you've got a plan. Yeah. And it's it's big plum. It's it's make make a plum porter. Mm. Um. So the, this is the one that I'm fairly certain they use a concentrate. Yeah. They don't just buy because I mean, there's. I just don't think there's any way that they could reasonably source enough fresh plums and destone yeah, them yeah. to and get consistently to, to yeah to, because every year this tastes exactly the same and it tastes amazing every time i think it's an all year round product as well it's not like it's once a year i don't from know what i remember yeah I, i'm i'm not entirely sure i don't i mean maybe it's just that a lot of places don't stock it but i never really see uh plum porter on cask in the summertime well, if their best befores are twelve months, which a lot of people's tend to be, yeah, in in UK brewing, uh, then this would have been done in July. So yeah, so who knows? So it's still fairly fresh as well. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Well, and for, and for a porter, it'll survive a bit better, especially in the old brown glass there. Mm, um, yes. But yeah, like I mean, 
it's it's a great beer. Like I, I I like the fruitiness of it. I like the the autumn flavors that you're getting from it. And I mean, obviously, where we're recording at the moment, it's a bit dark. Um, but actually, the color on this is a lot lighter than a standard porter as well. Mm. Like it's it, it it's not as dark as um, not as dark as you would think. Like it's got a ruby red. Yeah, it is almost a deep, deep, deep red yeah. rather than a rather than a black. I was just, I was just shining a torch uh, there through just for everyone who's listening. <laughs> um, and yeah, like it, it is, it is a like a dark ruby, um, which you know I think matches matches well with the with the idea of a plum, really. Yeah, yeah. The uh, it, it it's delicious. Um, the one drawback would be that there's sort of perhaps a lack of subtlety in the rest of the beer because uh, most yes. of it gets swamped by the plum flavor yeah that's not I, I, i'm not saying that's a bad thing uh i'm just saying um because uh, as you were saying if you're going for plum you've got plum it's exactly big. it's big. like but it, it like it is like you say it's missing uh, there, there is that sort of like the darker malt but it's not as um accentuated mm. really as uh, i think I, like, i'm going for a, a more malty edge um with mine as opposed to just a a big sort of real hard hit of uh plum flavor Mm. but then you you described very well why you want that yes and and you want that balance uh whereas this just becomes so smooth yeah so sweet and smooth that um any malt flavor would detract from that so i mean it's all give and take i i could and have happily quaffed this all day (laughs) 4.9 yeah, just get, yeah, oh, just 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 get it down your neck hole. All right, okay. No, it's great. <laughs> Next. Next. <laughs> All right, last up, what have we got? Uh so here we have uh St. Peter's Old Style Porter. That's mm. a 5.1% licorice and rum and raisin with hints of rich fruit cake. So, huh. on the on the back here, uh, it is a blend of a mature and young ale creates a porter of traditional character that's dark cherry in colour and complex taste. Aromas of licorice, rum, raisin, chocolate with hints of coffee in abundance in this full-bodied warming ale. So again, like it's Interesting. It, it's another sort of like winter warmer, basically. Mm. It's, it's probably leaning more towards the... For me, like your plum porters are... October, November, and then this sounds like it's a December, January sort of drink. Mm. Um, you know, getting that sort of like getting you ready for a bit of fruit cake, and then you've had some fruit cake, and what you want to do is drink fruit cake. Yeah, yeah. It also leads the way for the the inevitable winter spice. Yeah, sort of uh, beers. Uh, we were talking earlier about how in in America there seems to be quite a strong tradition to around the time that we're at now to start brewing a pumpkin spiced beer. Yes. And you just don't see that in the UK. No one makes a pumpkin spice beer. Not really. I mean, I have seen one or two, um, and I don't know. It, it. I understand why people like it, but for me, it's always just a little bit gimmicky. Mm, because like, we I, don't have that strong tradition of it. So. Well, exactly. And the thing is, is like, it's, I don't know, it, it, it's, I think, difficult to execute well. I think if executed mm. well, putting cinnamon in beers can be banging. Yeah. But... I think it can be done wrong, and you, and you <laughs> yeah, just you, and you just end up with, I don't know something that's just like, oh, it's it's a brown ale that we've whacked pumpkin spice into. It's like, no, come on, like like design your beer around those flavor profiles. Mm. Like pick a style of beer that you think 
will be able to stand up to that rather than just going brown ale with pumpkin spice or you know stout with pumpkins but it's like no yeah. design your beer maybe we just need more practice at it and i, I just possibly. haven't had a good example yet but. yeah i mean like i say i'm trying to think of some examples of uh, british breweries that have done it but i'm like, I'm sure there is some mm. which who, who have managed to pull it off but, but what you tend to see instead in the uk is winter spice and, and yes. around the december time like yeah a lot of dark beers with winter spice and yeah. that will be the brewery's winter beer. Special. Yeah, yeah 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 so i mean this could be an interesting one. Rum, rum, raisin, like yeah, licorice. As well as, uh, what else was in there? There was all sorts, wasn't there? Uh, well, it's uh, licorice, rum and raisin with hints of rich fruitcake. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they said that it should be like subtle, like sort of like coffee aromas and tastes. And they, they also mentioned that there was a blend of old and young, something like that. Cause old, the, I, old, old and young ales. Yeah, because I, I seem to remember reading somewhere that they'd started doing barrel-aging stuff. So Yeah, so this, so this is a blend of mature and young ale. Creates a porter of traditional character that's dark cherry in colour hmm. and complex taste. Um, well, but you, yeah, ha- it you have had a taste. It, it's very nice. Yeah. It's, <laughs> Sorry, it's, it, it's a lot more... It's a lot more subtle than I was expecting from like from from the claims on the bottle. I was expecting like big, big fruitcake flavors, but it's mm. it's um it is it is definitely subtle. It, like it like it it has a really nice port of taste. Yeah, there's there's smooth velvety stout tastes in there as well, rather than porter. Like it's it's definitely like vanilla is quite strong. Yeah, and present like. They're potentially from barrel aging or whatever, but the, like, and like coffee the, and the the rum and raisin is definitely there, but more as a aftertaste as mm. opposed to actually like while it's in your gob. Yeah, and I've, I've I've had some rum and raisin beers that have been a bit much and a bit aggressive, and that's it. That I like that this isn't really aggressive mm. because I think that makes it um, more of a long term drinker. Like mm. th- this for me is definitely a it's a sipper. It's definitely not a let's get it down my neck no it's it's definitely more of a sipper because the flavors are a bit more complex yeah it does it definitely seems to be a bit a bit not a bit much but a a bit of a lot going on at one point yeah yeah yeah. so there is that sort of brown sugar element to it and there is that vanilla and there is the uh i don't know about licorice i'm not sure i'm getting that i'm not getting a lot of licorice but but, but i'm quite pleased about that because i'm not a massive licorice (laughs) fan Um, tentative about it but I mean, like so, sometimes licorice can be more of a, I know more of a mouthfeel, more of like a slick mouthfeel uh, than it can be mm. necessarily like a full, a full on flavour. But I think what makes this one more of a sipper in comparison to the Thai Tanks Plum Porter is like Thai Tanks Plum Porter is that's what it is. You, you're getting a plum porter, sitting around and like thinking about it ain't going to change anything you're getting what you're getting whereas yeah, this yeah, like yeah. you have a you have a mouthful it goes away and you know if you're sat chatting to your friends you could be there going mm, yeah, like, yeah and you're getting you're getting the flavors change whereas titanic's plum porter is banging as it is mm. it's not it's not changing over time like you know you just want to drink more of it because it's brilliant mm. and this you want to drink more of it because you're like ah I want to, like like what was that flavor? Let's see if I can get it again. Mm, I really would like that in a pint poured from cask as well. I think that would I'd be... be very interested to see what this is like on cask. Mm, sat by a fire, yeah. having a gentle conversation, and just allowing it to warm up 
from cellar temperature as well because mm. that, that that's one of the great things um about cask beer is obviously it, co- it comes out at cellar temperature and with your with your dark beers they, they tend to just they evolve so well as you're sipping through them like if you mm. take half an hour over drinking like a pint of stout like how the flavor changes as you make your way down the beer and i think that's kind of lost a little bit when you're having keg beer just because it's cold and carbonated so to get up to the warmer temperatures takes a lot longer Mm. and because it's carbonated you tend to be drinking it a bit faster yeah there's and there's uh i seem to recall a, a weird phenomenon that happens that when a beer is colder it does taste less sweet as yeah. well so so big sweet heavy flavors will be less present yes if it's colder and so if you are drinking a beer because you want those big sweet flavors then you want it to be a bit warmer yeah exactly like the, the warmth accentuates flavors mm. uh that works well in some beers and it doesn't work so well in other beers lagers do not benefit from being warm uh yeah they no. don't so they, the, the, no. the, the, like the, <laughs> the, the flavor profiles that come out when lagers warm aren't as pleasant as uh, the good Christmas that you get from when it's cold. Mm. Like, there's just... Some beer styles just don't benefit from being warm. And some don't benefit from being cold. Like, I've, yeah. I've never understood this, like, super need for Guinness Extra Cold. Like, it's a, supposed to be a stout. Yeah. And it's quite an easygoing stout in the first place. Exactly. It's not so, a heavy... Like, so it's like, don't try and... Don't try and hide the few flavours that are there <laughs> by chilling you, it... Hey? It's not for you. It's, it's for, for every- people that no, want to drink Guinness everyone. that don't actually like Guinness. It's for everyone. Beer okay. is for everyone. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean... It should be. Beer should be for everyone. Beer, right. beer should be for everyone. Now, I, when I went out looking for these beers, because uh, normally how we do an episode is we decide on a style of beer... Uh, and then about a day before we're due to record, one of us frantically runs around shops trying to find um, what beer what there is like, 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 like beer of that style, and that and that shoots us in the foot a lot of times. So actually, what I did this time is I actually went to our local bottle shop, uh, the Grumpy Goat, and went right. What's available? And, uh, <laughs> and I'll make a recipe around that. Smart. I know, right? And then I saw Tag Times from and I was like, hello, I think I'll, I think I'll buy all of these, thank you. Uh, and then I went, right, there you go, Plum Porter. So I picked up some other ones. Now, I've picked up two St. Peter's beers. Mm-hmm. They do a Plum Porter. Do you want to try it? Ooh, would it be fair up against the big one? The Titanic? Well, what, what, <laughs> what we could do is we could try it. We could, we could record it. All right. And then if we don't think it's fair, just not put it on the episode. Yeah. And cut this bit talking about it as well. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. All right. All right. What have we got here, Mike? So last up. I did it again. What? We we, we know what's what's up. Yeah, we know what's (laughs) up. You know what's up. Uh, But I'm going to say it anyway. St. Peter's Plum Porter. Yeah. It does specify that this isn't just a Plum Porter. Uh, it specifically uses uh, jammy damsons, which right. is a type, of port- a type of plum. Yeah, it's not a type of porter. That's <laughs> I don't think so. It is a type of plum, though, yeah. by all uh, accounts. But it also uses black currants. So. Well, there you go. Um, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how this how this fares up because obviously, like, if they've got black currants and stuff like that, then 
you know, it's not just going to be straight up plum, is it? No, no, there, there should be other, other notes there. Potentially a, more complex. Who knows? It's not as um, hard-hitting on the nose. No, like right. like the, the like Titanic's. I could smell that as soon as I opened the bottle. Yeah, yeah. We've. Um, I mean, we do have the Titanic out as well. It has yeah. had the benefit of warming up a little bit, so it is going to be a bit more aromatic. Yeah, but I mean, like literally, as soon as that, like I had it in my lap, I was like, okay, I can smell that. Whereas this is, it's a lot more subtle. Um, yeah, and it it but smells, it, but, but it is there. And it maybe it's the black currant creeping in, but it does smell more like actual fruit as well. I, d- I don't know. Maybe the maybe flavor's you... more complex as well. Yeah. Mm. What are you getting? Well, I'm get like I am getting the plum, but I am getting the black currant as well. It's more. It's sharper. It's not as sweet, and it's more earthy. Mm. Like there's like there's. I mean, for want of a better word, there's a, like a taste of dirt at the end. <laughs> and like, it's not. It's not earthy. <laughs> like, 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 I don't mean dirt as in like oh, it's, it tastes like that, but but it tastes, it tastes. Well, I think earthy is like really okay. the only oh, the only way I can uh, the only right. way I can describe it. So, um, <laughs> soil going yeah going through uh, off flavors. Earthy is a very specific off flavor that you can get that normally means there's been contamination literally with soil. So that it, it and I, I must reiterate that it doesn't taste like there's literally soil in it. No. Uh, but the yeah sort of grounded earthiness yeah. um that is is very interesting yeah it's it, it is it is really good see th- th- this is the problem when you try to describe beers um mm. and you, you you use words that are commonly used as words for off flavors um, yeah, yeah, but, but see like for me they should get rid of the word earthy as an off flavor because yeah. i mean catty i can understand <laughs> like because there's no point that you want that to be mentioned yeah. in your beer but earthy it's like no no so like so sometimes that is what you want like you want that flavor and plus it's even more confusing because earthy is literally a, a characteristic of some hop varieties yes. as well yeah like exactly they are earthy yeah but they don't mean that in the off flavor way no so yeah it, it yeah it's a whole mess but st peter's your beer done tastes like it's got off flavors in it good. don't worry yeah it tastes good it, it tastes nice yeah, and earthy it, it, it tastes very nice and it is it is different to uh, the Plum Porter. Yeah. It is different to Titanic's complex. Plum Porter. It is... The malt flavour is more. Malt um, flavour's there. There's more, there's more of that. Uh, maybe it's just a characteristic of their in-house style, but I'm getting that big vanilla flavour that yeah. I was also getting from the first one. Yes. So I, do, well, I, do, I like that. I really do like that. I do wonder whether or not um, maybe they took the base beer and that's what's part of... Potentially, the, potentially. Part, part of the old old style porter because it did say it was a blend it did say it was a blend so i'm wondering whether or not they've taken some of the some of the base beer and added that into the old style and and maybe that's where they're getting the crossover of flavors from mm. um you know because i imagine they probably add these flavors per, post fermentation mm. um but yeah, I mean, obviously, it doesn't it doesn't say anything on the bottle as to um, kind of how they put the flavors in, um, but I, th- I think it's I think I think it's a good accompaniment. To- I, I do, yeah. I think it's sweet in a way. It's sweet and full in a way that isn't just sugar. Yes, and I think that's one of the downfalls with the Titanic Plum Porter is that it tastes sugary sweet. Yeah, rather than. 
robust and multi-sweet. So I think if I if I was to find that on cask, I would be. I think I'd be dotting between the two of them. <laughs> I, like, if, if, Half if, a pint of each. Well, it, like, if I was like, right, I'm sitting down and drinking plum porters today. Like that, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm in a pub and that's what I'm doing. Right. I'm, I'm going to do some people watching. Yeah. And I'm going to sit down and read a book and I'm going to drink plum porters all day. That's, yep. that's, yeah. that, that's you're, today's plan. You're not plan. here for a Duh. plum porter. You're here for plum porters. Plum porters, yeah. yeah. <laughs> then I would probably dot between the yeah. two because I think sometimes what I want is that the the lack of complexity sometimes i just want that that straight up mm. like plum port is just like you, you, you're getting the you're getting the dark beer but you just get a big hit of plum and then you know move on to the oh doing a bit of contemplating now am i mm. get the same peters down your neck and you know it lasts you a little bit longer helps spread the money out <laughs> Because yeah, just yeah. drinking Thai time for a bottle can get expensive man yeah uh, i can see that being, so easy see that being a nice day yeah, yeah. Uh, That's going to be a while before we get a nice day like that again, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Wow, well. Uh, Although, going back to the Plum Porter, the Titanic one, I am getting a a lot more of the... And and presumably, if if they are using essences, it's it's more of like the floral plummy notes of the the plum flavour, maybe because it's so intense. Um, But having some of the deeper darker flavors of the plum masked by the st peter's it sort of really like elevates that floor yeah. the floral notes yeah yeah um and then maybe if i go back to the st peter's back to the st peter's and see see what goes down there oh then you're getting a lot more of the chocolate and the vanilla and the malt base yeah and the the plum is still there but it's not as it's not as accentuated yeah so i think you're right i think dying between the two is the best of both worlds oh god yeah well, I'm going to. I'm bad. I know what I'm doing for the next half hour. Um, I think that's pretty much all we've got time for. We've been rambling on plenty enough. Um, uh, a big thank you to our partners, the Malt Miller. They sent us a big uh, magnetic metal sign. Yeah. Uh, which I was not expecting when I opened up uh, the parcel of ingredients today. <laughs> and uh, the, the, there was this like big bit of cardboard, and I was like, why is there a big bit of cardboard in here? And I pulled it out and then written on the side of it was sign inside. And I looked in and then there was a big metal yeah. sign. What I'm do like, I have to sign? Is it, oh, it's for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh. it's, like, it's like, why do I have to sign inside? I don't understand. And it was a big metal sign, uh, which is, I'm going to stick it on my fridge. Uh, but if we ever get back to doing any sort of uh, conventions or live shows or anything like that, uh, then obviously that will be coming along with us and we'll stick it on uh, the nearest metal thing we can find, <laughs> um, which might be someone's car. Um, yeah, so a big thank you to them and their, their continued um, kind of support of um, our podcast. You know, like they they retweet us quite regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, help get our name out there. Um, yeah, and um, you can find today's recipe on their website as well. Yeah, uh, they, they will ship it to you straight away. I know, right? It, it doesn't come with the plum flavoring, but it does come with the cherry. Yeah, the, pl- the, the plum flavoring is very easy to find. Just, just like, just go, like, like. like Go online, uh, plum concentrate, uh, plum essence. Like there's, they normally cupcake flavorings or yeah. something like that. Um, or head down to um, like your, your local shops if you can. Yeah. Um, and if you're feeling super adventurous, you could try some other flavors as well. Yeah, cherry and raspberry, or, and cherry and. If you do fancy, if you do fancy making a concentrate, 
let us know how it goes. Like, mm. if you go down your local fruit market, if you've got a plum tree in your garden you don't know what to do with, don't take down the plum tree, just take the plums. Um, yeah. And make a concentrate and let us know how it goes. You can contact us um, at By The Mash Tun pretty much everywhere. So I think that's uh, on Instagram, Twitter. You can find us on Facebook, um, which we don't really use as much, but we still we do still have it. And we've also got uh, a Gmail account, uh, which is by the mashton at gmail.com, I believe. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so do get in contact if you've uh, tried this recipe or if you've tried any of our other recipes and you want to give us some feedback, uh, that would be fantastic. Um, and yeah, we will hopefully be with you in two weeks' time, I yeah. imagine. Any ideas on what you want to be brewing? Oh my gosh. <laughs> any ideas on what you're going to be brewing? I'll tell you what, maybe... Plum maybe, I've already done it, Mike. I'll take a punt on a pumpkin spice thing. Oh, maybe. I don't know. It's just, uh, it's going to be very hard getting examples from the UK. But. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, let's try and source the examples before you try and plan yeah, the recipe. Yeah, good plan. Good plan. All right. All right uh, maybe it won't be that. <laughs> well, uh, please do, uh, you know, listen up for whatever the next episode is. We will try to get a bit more active on the old Twitter if we can, but don't hold your breath. Um, <laughs> that's, that's everything yeah. from us. Uh, we'll see you again soon. Bye. Bye.